Hello, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of LGA. That is Lit, lit, lit Gaming, gaming arena. 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 For those of you who don't know, my name is Marcus, and I am joined by Justin. Hello. He does the editing and a bunch of other bullshit around here. He does pretty much all the work, and he is the Twitter man. This is the podcast where we sit around, crack open some cold ones, and talk about games. Oh, shit. I wasn't prepared for that one. Let's get to it! Hello and welcome to episode 66 of the LGA cast. Um, 600 more episodes and we will have the, the, the mark of the beast. We'll have so the gamer numbers. The gamer number. Ga- yeah, well, that'll be the biggest. That'll be the gamer episode. Four twenty, sixty nine, and six six six. Yeah, yeah the gamer go. numbers. The gamer numbers. Yeah. Um. So yeah, enjoy. In in about twelve years, we'll have episode six sixty six. Oh, it's a lot of episodes. That's a lot of years. The mark like of the mark, gamer. The mark of the gamer. Which is actually and, two uh, X's. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So I didn't crack mine open yet, so I gotta open my game my game feel here. Sounds a little bit different than whatever Marcus opened. A brewski. <laughs> a brewski. Yeah, I got game feel. So yeah, yeah, we're here to talk about some games. And uh I don't know if we watched anything either. Which, oh, I watched a ton of shit. <laughs> yeah. I I watched I watched some stuff. I'm I'm Almost finished with Space Force, which is I all right. I haven't started that. I've, heur- I've right. heard it's real middling, though, from pretty much everybody. I watched, uh, she- I bad. finished up the final season of She-Ra, which yeah. is sad to see that show go, but because it, it's really good. I I do think it's, uh, uh I, I don't know. It's, it's not the, uh, like, best uh, work I think that studio's done, but it, but it's really good. Yeah. I, yeah, think I, heard, it, I heard good things about it. There is a fan outcry for a movie, um, but yeah, it is very you know like uh, girl power. Six seasons in a movie. I think it's this one's five seasons. <laughs> <laughs> very very girl power, very LGBTQ positive, like all all that stuff. I mean, it's been in that space for a while now, but it is now complete basically. Uh, and then on the other side of that, I watched. Uh, Kipo and the Age of the Wonder Beast, they got a season two. Nice. Which was really fucking good. That that is quickly becoming like my probably favorite like Netflix animated feature. It it's it does borrow a lo- lot of things from a lot of other cartoons. I think I mentioned last time when they did season one that it is very inspired by Adventure Time, and it's hard not to see the Adventure Time influence. But yeah. it's in the space of remix culture. Or in, like, it's almost like a remix, though, but it is, you know, post-apocalyptic world. There are what are called megamutes, uh, which are animalistic creatures like giant frogs, but they, they can speak, like, they're they're humanoid in some respects. Um, and they've kind of taken over the surface while humans were pushed underground, which then I can't help but get, you know, uh, Gruen Lagan vibes out of that. <laughs> humans living in these like underground bunkers and then breaking through to the surface um so so it's got a lot of vibes from a lot of that stuff but it you know never feels like it's just straight up borrowing it feels like it's inspired by so very great show uh it has a lot of a characters of color in it that you you don't get a lot of a lot of uh rap influence in there so in a way, this feels like oh, it's Adventure Time, but for like a uh, people of color culture. Uh, the main character is I like I hesitate to say they're black, but they definitely have a black parent, but they are like purple, like quite literally like the color purple, um, <laughs> which like does have like a in universe sort of reason for that. But I mean, there are definitely great black characters. There is a gay character which is represented very very well and has in season one a really great uh, establishing uh like character establishment episode uh that i feel was very crucial for all the character development in that um there's a character named wolf who is 
a they're a black female character that was raised by like a pack of wolves but they're really badass and they fight with like this pole that has like a scorpion stinger on the end of it uh yeah. but yeah they're, they're all these weird animals and everything that are humanoid and their run-ins with all these people and making friends along the way uh but yeah definite and the music's a big part of it in the way that adventure time had a like a lot of musical numbers great show though you should check it out if you haven't justin yeah, have to do that <laughs> um watch it yeah and then otherwise i watched some efforts for family the new season of that yeah i started watching that i'm a few episodes in at least it's it's good as always it's really <laughs> you know i love him just it, going i'll put you through that fucking wall i i love the scene where it, i'll put you down that fucking well yeah that's why i changed it it's the last fuck you it. to my dad <laughs> i love that I love that bit so much. Yeah, I, God, that it's it's sometimes that show is hard to watch though because of just how shitty things are. I mean, it like, is kind of it. Well, in many ways, it parallels uh, King of the Hill. It yeah. has a lot of parallels to King of the Hill, where it, it similar to King of the Hill has no reason it specifically needs to be animated, but it just is. Yeah. Um, and I think that gives them look like. There are some episodes, especially in the new season and even in the last season, where it does tackle a lot of like race issues, um, which is obviously a hot topic right now. And, you know, these episodes were wrapped up before all this shit went down. So it is a little on the nose, but I feel it being animated uh, similar to the way King of the Hill was or similar to the way Big Mouth is lets yeah. them get away with things that they couldn't otherwise get away with if they were live action. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I just when I was watching it the other day, I was just thinking like, yeah, this is like it's like a new King of the Hill. I mean, obviously the setting is older, but it's like a new take on like a King of the Hill type of show. Yeah, very, very similar with the weird kooky neighbors that all have their own weird shit. It, yeah. it's, it's almost like King of the Hill, but if all his neighbors were Bill Dotrieve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, he doesn't have. Uh, I guess uh, Vic is a boomhauer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He doesn't have the uh, the Asian guy. I forget his name. Con King, Con. Yeah, Con. Yeah, yeah. He, he doesn't have. He doesn't have one of him. Yeah. The like rich and and I mean I guess sort of Vic is like that, but Vic is a combination of like him and yeah, boomhauer. He, he doesn't like throw it in his face. He's just. Because the other guy was always bragging. Yeah, this like guy's he just... Could, he, Vic is just stupid and... He buys that new, it, like, Hummer or something, and it doesn't, it doesn't fit in the garage. He's like, I'll build my... I'll build garage around car. He has no self-awareness and thinks that his neighbor, Bill, is, like, his best friend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's good stuff. I love that show. I, I'm glad that... Uh, I'm glad that it's a thing that exists because it, it's just it's so crazy yeah it does have moments though that are kind of like which i mean king of the hill had moments like this and it does lend to its success but in a way are like oh man that's really close to home like that's kind of how my home life is <laughs> or like was you know growing up yeah you're like oh shit <laughs> or was even i like abused as a kitten <laughs> <laughs> or even like the job stuff <laughs> well and it does like it weirdly has and maybe it's to its credit, but immersion breaking moments where King of the Hill never really did, but it does have moments where it is like too fantastical and has to be a cartoon. Yeah. Um, but where King of the Hill never really had those moments. But and I think of yeah. the essentially the season finale of season one even had just a moment that I don't necessarily want to spoil, but it got like, OK, that's like so depressing and impractical that it could never happen yeah. in reality. Yeah. Or even uh, um, in this this season, Vic taking an entire line of cocaine down his, <laughs> the his entire just going banister. <laughs> if I don't pass out by the, the seventh step, then it's not fire my drug dealer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, sliding down his entire staircase, doing an entire line of cocaine, <laughs> or or the time where he. Or, or his, his old boss walks in the door and he just snorted up all this cocaine right before that. 
And his boss walks. He's like, I want to offer you your job again. And he he just like reverse snorts it back out into his hand. Yeah, that was that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it has good. it has those moments where it kind of like nudges you back into like it being a cartoon. Uh <laughs> like I said, like immersion breaking type moments. Yeah, but but it makes it like worth it. Yeah. They're they're fun moments. But yeah, yeah, I've been watching a lot of TV, uh, so th- those were kind of the the big ones I've been watching, but I've been trying to catch up on some of that shit that I'm way behind on. Yeah, and uh, the newest season of Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. is airing, so now I'm just like biding my time <laughs> to watch that, because it's the la- I believe it's going to be the last season of the show, so they're going to finally wrap it up. A lot of shows wrapping up. Yeah, and I and I actually I thought the last season was going to be the final season, but then I found out nope, they're going for six. So and maybe a movie. six, the movie, six in <laughs> a movie, Ages of Shield, the movie. That would be dope. <laughs> uh, it's my guilty pleasure that show because it's 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 like terrible. I don't I don't usually subscribe to like um, crime. It's essentially a crime drama, like or like a like a what do they call those shit? It's like a CSI type show where it's like, oh, this is like the crime of the week. We got to solve it. It's basically what that show is, but with just kind of Marvel people ish, <laughs> like some Marvel people. So I'm going to I'm looking forward to watching that. Um, I'm looking forward to having kids I can put through a wall. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've I haven't watched watched anything other than that. Um, oh, yeah. The other week I watched Core. That two, I think it was a 2003 movie. Um, where they reboot the core of the planet. Yep. Yeah. That's a that's a bad movie. That's a yeah. bad movie. It has <laughs> one of the best hackers ever in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That he was probably the best part of that whole thing. But man, that's a bad movie. It's a great concept. I mean, yeah. that and like rebooting the sun are probably like two really good concepts. <laughs> Yeah, for we have sci-fi re- films, we have to reboot the core of the Earth with nuclear bombs. <laughs> it's always sending nukes somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So that was. I mean, that it was like pretty poor CGI for even 2003 standards. <laughs> it's just a lot of dumb decisions being made all around. But hey, I watched the whole thing. I kind of regret it, but I did. I just saw it on Netflix. I'm like, yeah, I guess I'll watch this. I feel like watching a weird like doomsday scenario movie and i picked the wrong one should have picked something else there's a lot of those on netflix like they even they even have like deep impact um so what did you uh what games did you play shit (laughs) yeah i i did uh finish up uh Riverbond, which is now actually removed yeah. from Game Pass, but I did wrap that and complete all the achievables in it just because it, it's a nice I didn't short even game. realize it was getting removed. Yeah, it got removed on the 15th, uh, which is actually why I was kind of rushing to play it. But they're, it's about a three, three and a half hour game to get and do everything. It's real fucking short, real arcadey. Uh, I talked about that last time pretty in depth or as in depth as you get. But yeah, a very shallow game with shallow gameplay, but it's it's a fun, stupid jaunt. Like, and if you if you want an easy like one thousand one hundred and fifty gamer score, it's there for you, I guess. Yeah. Um, Remnants, I wrapped that, and I actually got all the achievements. Uh, well, at least the base thousand that I could, because I don't have the DLC on Xbox. Um, I think I talked last time that I did buy that on PlayStation, and I'm going through on PlayStation as well. Uh, Remnant from the Ashes is Souls like it, you know, shoots like a uh, Resident Evil like five ish game. It it's it's really good. Like I would recommend waiting until that final DLC is out. They'll probably release a complete edition of this game. And man, that game's really good <laughs> in a like stupid way. Uh, the the way it has just like bosses that are like basically coin flips that like you'll get this one or this one and so you never know what you're really going to get. They A lot of the bosses have alternative modes in which you can defeat them that give you different things. Like one of the bosses on Earth, uh, you can get a coin from an old man, which I feel every time I get the guy who gives you the, or not a coin, a pocket watch, every time I get the pocket watch from the old man, I don't get the fight for his son. Uh, but 
But yeah, when you run into his son, you can give him the pocket watch and skip the fight, and then you get his set of armor, uh, which is pretty cool. Or you can fight him. Or, alternatively, you can uh, murder your friend, uh, and you get a trait <laughs> if you do that. <laughs> Uh, which are are just the traits are what you put your I'm going to do air quotes but stats in that that's where you like level up and put those points into the traits which there are a whole bunch of them but they can be anything from increased firing rate to like extra damage from uh, shots in the back uh, or extra damage from headshots or whatever it might be Uh, which which can get up to substantially high percentiles but I mean I think when I closed this out I was like essentially level 250 or something like that 270 um so you level up relatively quick almost every dungeon uh has a tome of knowledge which just gets you a free trait point so that's why you can kind of level up pretty quick yeah um and those traits cap at 20 so you can only put 20 points in each individual one and there's a i think 32 total um, there's an achievement for getting 30 of them. And I think the reason it's 30 instead of 32 is because two of them you have to play online for, which would oh. be that one for killing a friend uh, in front of that guy. Or there's one called teamwork, which is just for you get that immediately when you pair up in somebody else's game. But yeah, that, that game's dope as hell. Um, it, yeah. it is, as I mentioned before, real rough around the edges it's anything but perfect. Like it's not a perfect game by any stretch of the imagination. It is rough in all kinds of fucking spots, but I've really, it, it just like bloodstained. Uh, it's still a great game. It's a good proof of concept and like, like bloodstained, you can be rough as hell and still be just fucking amazing at everything else you tried to do. Nice. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, if you're going to, I wouldn't recommend that to anybody who's going to play it on their own, but if you're going to play with people, it's definitely great co-op game. Uh, if you're playing with just one other person or two other people, because it is th- you, only three player, uh, it doesn't have any of the cool, inv- like, I do wish it had more PvP or, like, invasion stuff that Dark Souls has, because that'd be cool uh, yeah. to get invaded by another player and just shoot the fuck out of them. <laughs> I can't remember if I mentioned it last time, but there's a emote called Praise the Gun, uh, which is similar to Praise the Sun from Dark Souls, but you hold up your gun, uh, which nice. I just find hilarious. Yeah, just a lot of references in there. There was a like a teleporting machine that you find in one of the optional like dungeons that you may or may not get uh, Yeah, that I thought was a fly reference. Uh, but if you actually, uh, if you just keep going into it, eventually you'll get a secret room that gets you uh, Leto's armor uh, that's in there. But it it's actually a prestige reference. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I think there's some Terminator references in there, too. It, it's got a lot of referential stuff. Obviously, a lot of Dark Souls references, but hmm. yeah, it it. That game's good, and like I said, I mean, I enjoyed playing it on Xbox, and it was it. Well, it still is on Game Pass, so if you want to just check it out on Game Pass, check it out. But I do recommend playing at least uh, to the third planet, which I know sounds like a ways in, but I mean, you can complete the game in fifteen hours, so it's not too too far. Uh, at least I I know Earth is a little rough, and even arguably that first boss, which took like the first two bosses regardless of who you get and you're not accustomed to it can be rough as hell like Gorefist he's got ads that blow up on you that are just annoying as piss and uh shroud uh not the streamer <laughs> just shoots a bunch of shit at you and has a million goddamn ads too and is just annoying as fuck but if you can push past that and push past earth it gets a little better and then if you get past that next planet i think you'll just really enjoy the game so that's at least all i have to say about remnant um otherwise i've been playing more mario rpg that game is just it's fucking great um (laughs) there is there's a character in there named booster and you go to like his little like fucking place he's kidnapped peach at that point but he's just wario (laughs) like he's just (laughs) He's Wario, but I, I, like he was kind of Wario. I get like Wario had existed, but wasn't super like included in the greater Mario verse at this point in 96. So 
yeah, this was just kind of a like booster is just a throwback to Wario in a way. And there's a really funny scene involving him and Bowser where Peach like kind of jukes them and then Bowser and Booster end up kissing Mario. <laughs> uh, just a funny scene. I don't know. The game's got at least my kind of humor. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, like I said, it was like subverting a lot of Mario tropes like way, way back in the day. Um, And then uh, as the the opposite end of that, that I had been the reason I kind of dove back into Mario RPG or any of that was because I played through Paper Mario and I kind of want to try and push through all the Paper Mario games before the new one comes out in July. Don't know if I'll actually make it there, but who fucking knows? Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. but part of playing Paper Mario was to uh, roll into Thousand Year Door, which I've never actually played. But I just started Thousand Year Door. I completed the prologue in the first chapter, uh, which I did yesterday. Um, which at first I was like, I mean, like, I was like, this is okay. They uh, deepened a lot of the mechanics of uh, Paper Mario. Um, and we're definitely considering the paper, like what being paper is in this one. Uh, early on you get an ability to fold into a paper airplane and that lets you just solve more in-world puzzles Um, the companions have their little abilities that let you solve puzzles you know in the environment Um, that's definitely always been a part of that game but they're doing more interesting things with it you can turn Mario sideways to get through like thin cracks or like jail bars you, you know stuff like that where none of that stuff existed in the original paper mario that was all thousand year door stuff i yeah. like that the bosses are more paper craft like they're more like an origami or paper construction uh than anything in the original paper mario where they were just kind of almost everything was just flat so that's been cool um there is oddly which this is like i never I never heard a whole lot about like I've heard thousand year door is great and all this stuff, but never no, nobody really like goes into depth of like why or anything. So I, I don't know. I've been like flying blind here, um, but the combat system, they added an interesting element where it's almost like a play that's going on and you build an audience as you're attacking and that generates more star power, which gets you like special abilities to use uh, during combat. So the larger the audience, the more of those. But the audience can, like, throw things at you. <laughs> and you, <laughs> and if you hit the X button, like, if you notice, like, hey, man, that guy's going to throw a bucket at me, you can push the X button and you, Mario will, like, run into the audience and beat up the person. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Which is just, like, that whole combat system is, like, gimmicky as fuck, but I really like how stupid it is. <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah, it still has the whole like, oh, you used like jump attack and you hit A at the right time, you do extra damage for that, or like can jump on consecutive enemies, or like the hammer, you need to hold it back, and then if you let go at the right time, it does extra damage. Um, they do make some of those, especially with the partner characters, more involved. Uh, cause the first game is just basically that, like you push A at the right time and like you hold back the thing and let go at the right time, which is like most of the A timing stuff was borrowed straight from Mario RPG, but they did get a little bit more witty with it in Paper Mario and then got even more so in Thousand Year Door. Um, but there is a moment, which I don't know if I should spoil. Um, I don't know. Do you think I should just spoil it? I mean, it's been, this game's old as fuck. Thousand Year Door. Or do you think? Yeah, yeah, I think you're probably safe on Thousand Year Door. <laughs> All right, I had a real moment with the combat, uh, fighting the first boss, which this like was my first like, okay, this is like cool as hell. But as I mentioned, you you have this audience, which is like pretty weird in a way, but it kind of reminded me of uh, Super Mario Super Mario Brothers Three, where it's kind of like a stage play. Um, Because there even is the curtain when you enter combat, but there's just like you can see this audience in front of your combat. Well, I'm fighting this dragon boss named Hooktail um, and midway through the fight, he jumps into the audience and eats a bunch of toads and heals himself. Wow. (laughs) And the (laughs) audience runs off screaming and then you jump to where the audience was standing and keep continue the fight. And I was like, I was like, man, that is like. 
way ahead of its time in thinking like realistically, you know, like, like, like I said, like I, at first I was like, oh, that's like a dumb gimmick. But then they brought that gimmick into like the fold with the boss battle and the boss interacting with said gimmick was cool. (laughs) Oh, and sometimes, you know how I mentioned the audience members will sometimes like throw buckets at you. Sometimes they'll like run backstage and like shit will fall on either the boss or you like it kind of is random. Like they untied a rope and like a sandbag will like fall on one of you. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 that stuff's cool. Um, and I can only imagine it gets better. I, I like that at least the opening, it wasn't the classic. Like, granted, Peach is still kidnapped in this, which is like kind of dumb, but Bowser didn't do it. In fact, Bowser had a moment <laughs> after chapter one where he's like, nobody kidnaps Peach but me, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so I enjoyed that. Um, yeah, it's, Seems a lot better. I don't know if it's uh, best in class, but we'll f- we'll find out. I, I know that's a lot of people say it is, so we- we'll find out, though. Um, yeah, that's been the lion's share of what I've been playing, though, um, or tr- trying to play. Uh, I still have Wind Waker I want to beat, but I'm like so off and on playing that that I don't know. I spent most of the other day moving my Wii from one location to another location because I found out I could hook it up to my TV that I have. I wasn't sure if my TV ever had component cable ports, but it does. So, so we good. <laughs> nice. Well, uh, so this weekend, this last weekend, I went to go play X3 because I was, I was inspired to play X3 after playing Stellaris, as I said on the <laughs> last episode. Um... And I opened up Steam, and I'll give you one guess as to what game was on sale when I opened up Steam. XCOM. Wrong. <laughs> it, was, it was Elite Dangerous. Ah, shit. I should have known that. I knew you were playing that. For $8. Damn. And I'm like, well, this must be Destiny. I opened up Steam to play space-ass space game, and Elite Dangerous is uh only eight dollars so I, I i finally caved i finally caved and i bought elite dangerous and holy fuck that game is on a whole different level of like any space flying game i've ever played and it's uh everything star citizen probably wishes it could be <laughs> elite dangerous came out in 2015 i think and uh maybe 2016 it was, it was years is the game is years old and uh it's a complete game meanwhile the star citizen still breaking in money not a complete game um so yeah you uh first thing you do when you get in this game is you have to do like an extended tutorial to learn the mechanics of the game and a lot of it is shit that you forget so you end up having to go through the menus and some of this like it's it's real deep to the point where like you have to read some stuff online to figure out like, oh, I need to like actually set some of my own hotkeys because even the end game stuff will fuck up if I don't <laughs> like if uh, if you're in a system and a planet you're trying to get to or a station you're trying to get to is on the far side of the star um, and like the the in the game, like you press J J is kind of the button for jump drive or super cruise it's kind of the same button super cruise is for flying around in solar systems and the jump drive is to jump between systems it's mapped to the same button if you try to point at a station that's behind an object like a sun or star or whatever it won't let you activate the jump drive because it's it says an object is in the way so what you have to do is actually map uh, the super cruise to its own button on the keyboard so that you can activate the super cruise and navigate around the sun so that you can actually ma- go to where you're trying to go. <laughs> it's uh, So yeah, there's a lot of like weird outside information you have to look up for this. Um, it's recommended that you use like the whole like joystick throttle setup for this type of game. But it's doable in mouse. The controls were really weird because um, it's, it's by default, it's mouse controls. 
And so vertical movement of the mouse will affect your pitch. And you would think that horizontal movement would affect your yaw. Uh, nope. Uh, your yaw is affected by Q and E. and Or maybe it's, no, it's A and D. And horizontal movement of your mouse is rotation. So you're like, so it's like, it's like theoretically the same as if you were using a joystick, but it's really like, it's impossible to get used to. So I ended up remapping it. There is a, they have a mode where it's like kind of reversed where your, your mouse is like how you would think where it's vertical is pitch and horizontal is yaw. And then you use Q and E to uh, change your rotation. And I could see why they did that originally because most of the ships you have don't have a lot of horizontal yaw abilities. Really, you're wanting it's like a basically how if imagine flying a plane where you have you have to tilt the whole plane and then you use all your flaps to deflect a certain way so that you can go in a, that direction. That's more or less the same way with the spaceships in the game. But uh, yeah, there's a whole there's the scale of this game is huge. I mean, it's the entire galaxy. Uh, procedurally generated to some degree or maybe to most degree. I don't know. Like it's all there. Like there's all like you can, you see a star, you can go to it. Um, it's, it's a really involved. <laughs> it's a really involved game. Um, so I've been really getting into that. I'm like mining asteroids and collecting resources. So I can sell it on planets and making more money exploring jumping through jumping from system system to system um you have to my you have to uh pay for fuel and the 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 auto stuff the like the the autopilot stuff isn't so great um whenever i try to go to like a, a base that's on a planet because like i think the latest one of the latest updates they added to the game um added like being able to actually just land on a planet so you can enter the atmosphere of a planet and just fly around on the planet. Um, but if you like autopilot to a planet, sometimes it tries to just full speed super cruise you into the ground. <laughs> um, so you have to like try to like super cruise out or you have to exit super cruise before you hit the planet's atmosphere. Otherwise, you just burn up like a meteor. <laughs> and I've had the same thing happen where I almost like auto the the um the autopilot almost flew me into the side of the sun <laughs> it's god damn so then you're like you're burning up you get like if you get too close to the sun you're like you start burning up and then so then it kind of you have an opportunity to escape um if you try to like use your thrusters and stuff like you just start overheating so you have to align your ship with an escape trajectory and then engage your super crews to escape the pull of the sun's the the star's gravity. Um, I couldn't figure that out at first. There was like no tutorial for this, so I'm like trying to figure figure this out. My ship my ship is like filling with smoke. Like my whole dashboard is just smoke, and like I have like 115 percent like temperature in the cockpit. <laughs> so Jeez. I'm like cooking alive. Um, managed to escape barely. That was interesting, but I mean, this similar thing will happen on a planet. And it's it's crazy because like you enter like there will be like spheres like you you'll and on the on the basically the heads up display there'll be like spheres around planets, and like once you enter a certain sphere, you're that's when you're like um, the gravitational pull of the planet will start affecting you. So. And then the, like an altitude meter will pop up and then you have like the rotating kind of like out, um, altitude monitor that will align with gravity. And as you get closer, you get to a point where you start transitioning into like where there's an atmosphere and then you start entering glide mode. So you have to like hit a certain pitch to glide. So you're not burning up in the atmosphere as you go down to the planet and then you then you just land at whatever station you're going to and sell your shit on the station or buy shit. Uh, for some reason, like the one thing that seems disappointing to me is that there's only 37 ships in this game that you can buy. 
which seems low to me for a game compared that's been to out Star since Citizen. Well, Star Citizen has over like 120 ships. Has infinite ships. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of ships. I mean, even Freelancer, I think, had more ships. Um, so I feel like I don't know. I feel like that is probably something that's lacking in this game. Hopefully, that's something they plan to add more of in the future. Because one of the things I like about these types of games is exploring the systems and finding like all the cool, unique ships. Because it seems like there's more or less just like a couple end game ships that everybody wants. There's like oh, there's this one ship that's a fighter and then there's this one ship that's good for exploration and and then there's your your battle cruiser ship that you can carry or your, or your fleet carrier ship and those are like kind of like, it seems like those are like the end game ships that you can get. But on a game like Freelancer, like even without a mod where you're playing like the, the base game, there's in the end game ships, there's like three different types of care or uh, cargo ships you can get. Um, there's three different like fighter ships that are kind of they're which some might, they have different traits, but they're more or less equal as like the top three ships you can get. So you can have like a choice, but this one, it just seems like, yeah, there's that one ship you can get that you you're going to work towards that. Like every other player has that has been playing this game for, over a year <laughs> but yeah this definitely seems like my type of game i mean there's like an in-game economy all the demand for stuff changes all the time for certain materials and you're doing missions and killing pirates and and uh, delivering goods and you, you can do like passenger missions where you're just taking someone to to somewhere and they'll give you like a million credits just for that uh, you're upgrading ships. A lot of cool stuff. I'm really, I'm really into the game. I've been playing a bunch, but at the same time, not a bunch, because like I keep forgetting that. Um, when I quit the game, the the frontier launcher is still open. So now, like, that that counts as me having the game launched in Steam. So that's added quite a few hours to my gameplay time. And I was like, there's no way I played the game that much when I was looking at it the other day. And I realized that I had the frontier launcher open still I'm like, Oh shit. Well, that skewed everything. <laughs> cause yeah, I, I played it with my friend cause he was kind of in, he was, he was one of my friends that I met while playing freelancer way back in the day. And, I got the game and he was asking me if it was worth it. I'm like, well, I mean, it's probably worth eight bucks if you want to oh, get it for definitely. eight bucks. And so he bought it and we played over the weekend until like, I was, it was, I stayed up until like four in the morning on Saturday playing the game and then played a little bit on Sunday and I've played like maybe an hour or two since then. But uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun figuring out the, diff the, the mechanics of the game because there's a lot of weird stuff. Um, like my friend got, he forgot, he forgot about fuel because how you have to refuel and, uh, ran out, kind of ran out. So he had to just kind of use whatever fuel he had left to crash into a sun so that he could more or less respawn <laughs> because there's no one else around that could bring him fuel. And there's like no like self-destruct button. So his option was to just go and destroy himself and then respawn with the uh, whole like insurance thing that they have where you have to pay a certain percentage to get all your shit back. It's like, uh, if Eve online turned into like a first person dog fighting game where you're actually controlling the ship yourself rather than waiting for like the number calculations, like you're actually doing everything yourself. But EVE Online has, like, way more ships. So, I don't know. There's there's pros and cons. At points, you're like, man, maybe I need to break out the spreadsheets. <laughs> That's always too much for a game when you're breaking out, out my, the spreadsheets. My cost analysis and all this shit. And it's like there's certain things that are just, like, weird. Where it's like in, in a game like Freelancer, you have, like, when you're mining for stuff... You just you you just have a tractor beam that just grabs all the shit. And in this game, 
you, no, there's there's no fucking there's no tractor beam. Tractor beams don't exist. That's 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 non-existent technology. <laughs> that's sci-fi bullshit. Yeah, that's that's bullshit. That's not real. Yeah. So in this game, you have to open up your your uh, your cargo hopper. I, I think that's what it's called. And uh, and it, it that pop once you open that up and you target like a piece of debris that you mined off of an asteroid. And uh, a fragment, if you will, it it uh, it'll pop up with this little monitor, kind of like a a holographic monitor near your on your your HUD, and it's like a little kind of uh, like a tracker, and you you kind of point in the direction of this uh, of the debris, and you go towards it, and you have to get that piece of debris in the middle of the screen on the the little tracker as you move towards it because your hopper is like on the bottom side of your ship obviously you can't see the bottom side of your ship so that's what helps you guide yourself to picking it up and that's how you pick up debris otherwise you can have collector drones called limpets which is a weird i don't know where that name comes from um where it's like a drone that you can deploy and it will just automatically pick up things in your like immediate vicinity. Um, but that's like, it took me a while to figure that out. Um, because what I was, I was, I would deploy one and it would go and collect the thing. And like, these things are not smart. It go, I didn't have my shoot open. Like you still have to have like your, your collector shoot open. And uh, I didn't have it open, and the drone went and grabbed the thing. And it's like it's really fast; it moves super fast. And it it went and grabbed the the fragment, and then it just slammed into the bottom of my ship and destroyed itself. So then I was left with just manually picking up fragments the rest of that mining trip. <laughs> and also, like they're they're expendable; like they only last a certain amount of time. So you have to like replenish them when you're at a station. Which sucks, but it I can see kind of the idea behind it where it's like, oh well, they they take up cargo space, so if they expire and they're cheap, then you can just increase. You can as they expire, it opens up more cargo space to hold shit over time, especially if you have like a big cargo area. Um, but yeah, that's it's weird. I I, I went through so many of those things before I figured out that I had to have my shit open. Like there's no guide for all, a lot of this stuff, so I mean it's it's a lot of like just testing the waters, figuring out what you need to do, um, and figuring out the game on your own. Unless you like watch guides on YouTube or something, but oh, that's been part of the fun for me is figuring out how the game works on my own. I don't like my handheld, the freaking like Eve Online hand-holding is like three hours of gameplay so <laughs> this was a lot better God. than that this was like it was like it, it was a couple hours only because i did the the optional stuff like they give you like the main kind of like this is how you fly a ship this is how you go from system to system you do this and that and then then after that there's like training modules that you can do it's like oh this is like advanced combat and is advanced flying so like you there's some it's like supplemental stuff that you can do to learn the game a little easier early on yeah it's a weird just kind of insane game it's it's definitely masochistic there are some missions that you can take where like you have like the part of the mission is like you have to just like let your computer idle for like an hour because you're because you're like fucking shit yeah, because you have to go to like this certain system and go to a plant and deliver like a person to some planet, but the planet is like 75 minutes away from the like you can't you can't jump to the location. You can jump to the main system, but then from the system you just go in this direction in super cruise for 70 minutes. And there's people that make that trip regularly. Like they're like it's a source of pride for them. It's so weird. 
people are crazy, man. But that's that's what I've been doing. I've been playing that the shit out of Elite Dangerous. I feel like it's it's got its hooks in me. Like this is the worst probably game I could have bought <laughs> for addiction because But it was eight dollars. <laughs> it was eight dollars. But it's like this is this is like the thing that's been up my alley forever. And it's probably part of the reason why I always avoided it because I knew it would just suck me in like this, where it's like I'm just thinking about coming home and playing that Elite Dangerous and flying around in my spaceship, even though I have a shitty entry-level spaceship still. But yeah. Well, with that, we should probably take a quick break. Indeed. And, and then we will we'll be back with more shit. Hi, everybody. My name is Daniel Barton, and I am your neighborhood-friendly Synthwave fan. I host a show called Heartbeat Hero Radio, where we play tracks of Mitch Murder, Wave Shaper, and more. We also play trivia. I believe it is Beverly Hills Cop. We do artist interviews. So their music director invited me to come audition to play guitar on their tour. They were going out to support Paula Abdul. Movie reviews. Terminator Dark Fate, the latest Hollywood attempt that really should have just ended back with Terminator 2. But mostly we just have a good time. What's brown and sticky? I haven't got a clue. A stick. That's fucking horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, are you there? Stop yeah. yelling at me. I gotta call my therapist. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Okay. What do you call a boomerang that doesn't come back? A banana. A stick, a sti a stick again? <laughs> a st <laughs> Join me on SoundCloud.com slash Heartbeat Hero or go to Spotify and search for Heartbeat Hero Radio. Want to see the show live? Go to Twitch.tv slash Heartbeat Hero. See you soon. All right, and we are back with more shit. All right, so first thing I wanted to talk about here, and I'm sending... Marcus, an image. One of our fans asked us to do this. One of our listeners. And it's. You can only pick three. And so I'll read these out for the listeners. These look like they're just franchises rather than games. Because I don't see like any sequels here. So like these are all. You can pick three of from the three of these franchises and the rest are gone forever. So you have Super Mario, Legend of Zelda, Kirby, Pokemon, Metroid, Sonic, Mega Man, Animal Crossing, Pikmin, Fire Emblem, F-Zero, Golden Sun, Donkey Kong, Advance Wars, Xenoblade Chronicles, Ratchet and Clank, Jack and Daxter, Sly Cooper, God of War, Persona, Final Fantasy, Resident Evil, Silent Hill, Uncharted, Halo, Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, Gears of War, Devil May Cry, Castlevania, Crash Bandicoot, <clears throat> Spyro, Metal Gear Solid, Doom, Bioshock, Kingdom Hearts, Fallout, Monster Hunter, Grand Theft Auto, and Dark Souls. <laughs> this is a fucking impossible question. I know. I know. I was like, there's, there's no way you're going to be able to pick just three out of these. I hate to do it, but I'm keeping Dark Souls. That's going to be one of the three. See, that's I that I feel I felt like that was going to be a strong contender for you. I mean, they're all strong contenders for me. Like aside I, from I, Uncharted and Fallout, <laughs> like I'm kind of like, yeah. Ugh. I don't know. Halo probably is not up there for you. It is. Why wouldn't it be? I don't know. I love Halo. PlayStation guy. I've played so much fucking Halo. <laughs> um. I don't know. I don't. I don't want to influence your choices. So I, oh, I feel man. like I have to take are... Mega Man. So those okay. Dark Souls, Mega Man. See, that's that's what I was gonna say. I was like, I feel like Mega Man has to be. But then in the your, last your slot, three. it's like impossible choice. Yeah, it's know, like, fucking... oh, are you gonna go with Fire Emblem? You, are you gonna no. go with you? You're gonna, gonna go, go with, with uh, Persona? <laughs> oh, Mar. Okay, Mario. I mean, Metal so, yeah. Gear was like. 
Metal Gear and God of War like hurts me to cut in any way, shape, or form. Resident yeah. Evil, Final Fantasy, like all of those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for me, I guess it's maybe not as hard because there's a lot of stuff in there that like I've never even really played, like Animal Crossing or Pikmin or Fire Emblem. <laughs> so I or Sly like I don't even know why why is Sly Cooper even here? How many Sly Cooper games have there been? Four. Okay. Um so like mine would like mine would obviously Halo. That has to be one of mine. And then I would go with Mario because I mean how can you not have Mario? That that's why I was like, I don't think there's gaming without Mario. Yeah. Like like Mario, like was it like the Super Mario 64 was like my jam. I mean, that was one of the first game. That's one of the first games I remember being super excited for. Um, after having seen it. I mean, I just think if you pick a face of gaming, it you choose Mario. Yeah. So then, like, after that, it gets a little harder. Um, but I would probably end up going with Grand Theft Auto. Oh, you're not going to choose it. Kingdom Hearts? Well, thanks a lot. Yeah, well, fuck Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> no, like, I feel like, because I played a lot of Grand Theft Auto, like, three, Grand Theft, I mean, even, fuck, I even played Grand Theft Auto, like, two, way back in the day. I played a lot of Grand Theft Auto up until San Andreas. Anything past San Andreas, I was like, fuck it. See, yeah, and I played a lot of San Andreas. I played a lot of mods in San Andreas. I played... Yeah, um, it was just Grand Theft Auto 4 was the one I didn't give a fuck about. And I also played a shitload of Grand Theft Auto 4. The only one I haven't played is 5. But 3 Vice City and San Andreas, I was like, that's like the prime of Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, so those are the ones that I think I would go with. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, Metroid yeah. was one of the ones that hurt me to cut. Ugh, like, Yeah, it's painful. Obviously, like, huge Devil May Cry fan, huge Resident Evil fan, huge fucking Metal Gear fan. Final Fantasy. Like, yeah, Final Fantasy, like, Crash, Spyro, whatever. Like, I, I like those games, but I mean, like, they're kind of irrelevant franchises at this point. Gears, I feel bad cutting, yeah. but it's Gears. Uh, Castlevania, yeah. I felt bad cutting, but I mean they haven't done anything with that IP in a million years. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's it was tough between Gears and Grand Theft Auto, but I feel like I've spent more time playing Grand Theft Auto than I've ever spent in in Gears. I probably played San Andreas more than I've spent on any Gears game combined. <laughs> so. I would I have like, to make a caveat that Dark Souls is just all Soulsborn in general, like all from soft Soulsborn. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. Because I, I think people would be like, well, or this Game list doesn't have Bloodborne on it. I feel like that, com- that I think that's fair to include those. Yeah, like Sekiro and Bloodborne would have to be yeah. included in the Dark Souls. Same with Demon Souls. Yeah, I think that's those are worth including in that. Just the FromSoft um, ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Let's see. So, right, and then... You know I hate cutting Donkey Kong. That's my I boy. Know. But yeah. his franchise is very dormant. It very. <laughs> Other than that, so we have uh, the question of the week, which I don't like. I think like the... um. I feel like the, uh, the social media al- algorithm was not on my side this week. Because we got like nothing for responses, uh, even on Facebook, uh, for the community engagement question. So that's gonna be a little shorter. So I'm glad we we had a little we had something else to talk about here. But um, so the question this week is: How do you feel about this summer of games, multiple stream style video game showcase and announcements? Do you like it or do you want E3 back? How do you feel about this, Marcus? Well, I, th- I something like the Gorilla Collective, like kind of funny games did do a showcase the last two years that basically turned into the Gorilla Collective, like announcement yeah. of shit that happened. But a, a giant indie game showcase probably would have never been as big or as front and center 
had it not been for basically E3 not existing. Um, I don't know. Yeah, that's I, a fair I, point. I feel things like, uh, I mean, Sony already, who knows if they would have shown up regardless. So they may have been doing a video thing anyway. Nintendo has been doing a video thing for the last several years. So I don't think it's like too different from how it already would have been anyway. But I do think once again, like in terms of indie games and somebody actually putting a giant indie game showcase together, that's probably been like the biggest news stuff that has like, you know, just from all the shit that's happened this year, I guess that's like been kind of a positive repercussion with COVID and E3 uh, not existing. Yeah. Like, well, COVID making E3 not exist. Yeah. Yeah. I, for me, I mean, I, I, I definitely agree that there, there's definitely benefits like the, with the, the gorilla collective. Um, but at the same time, with the amount of different things going on at the same time, it's getting kind of daunting to keep track of when everybody's doing their own stream right now. Well, and, and we, we didn't even talk of, about it, but EA did a stream today that I didn't yeah. even watch. Yeah. And it's just there's so much going on and like not just EA doing their own thing or not just publishers doing their own thing. But then, like, you have, like, IGN doing, like, streams all day long, and you have all the other news, uh, video game news publications doing, like, streams constantly, and it's just like, how do I keep track of all this shit? (laughs) It's like, it seems like it's more, like, disorganized to keep track of, and there's there's a whole lot more stuff going on than, than, like, it feels like e3 turned into like a focused blast like you like they threw up a, a hand grenade full of video games and it just exploded for like two three days but now it's just like holy shit there's something going on every single day and i can't keep track of everything now like i would agree with you in some regards at least as far as i know there hasn't really been an overlap in any way but like when it is E3 times, usually it's like, oh, th- this stage is showing this at these times. And then there's kind of like a nice break in between before it's, you know, like the next show. So it, it feels a little bit more focused or like structured yeah. than now. But I feel like there's with the E3, there's a lot more gathered around the time of E3, whereas now there isn't one. And some of the stuff like isn't really being announced and some people like there's stuff that's there's events that are spread all through summer now. So it feels like we just took E3 and just plastered it over like the period of like two months where it just seems like we're just going to be inundated with new stuff for two solid months. Oh, yeah. And seeing uh, game announced like in several different locations, like the same game. In yeah, several like places, which is kind covering, of annoying. Like we just did where we, we we talked about two different streams or two different events, and it was just like six of the games were like at both events. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like that, yeah, it, it, it gets, and especially um, it's a little easier still, or it's still, it's easier to still just go through articles for me to curate the news because it's like, if I'm going to watch like a stream, it's like, holy shit, like, IGN's thing is going on like basically 24 <laughs> seven. Every single time I open Twitter, IGN's video live feed is up. So I'm like, I, there's no way for me to keep track of that. So yeah, I have to rely on written articles for my news. <laughs> Otherwise I'm going to be fucked. Um, but we'll see. Let's see what we got. Some answers, not a whole lot this week. Cause I don't know what's going on with the the social media algorithm, but they uh, they just uh, didn't want to serve my content to anybody. So that's the way the wind blows sometimes. So on Instagram, we have Ghost of Gamer Past underscores between each word there, um, and he says, "I don't. I like how he just kind of says some nonsensical answers that kind of pertain to the the." <laughs> the question he says new paper mario is intriguing might be game of the summer 
<laughs> like that's not what I asked, but <laughs> it's oh GOGP. Um, and then rated G for gamer says, "I want E three back ASAP." Well, you're gonna get it next year, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly, I gotta, have, I gotta have it allegedly. If there is a next year, if there's a next year, if 2021 exists, there will be an E three. <laughs> If not, well, I don't know. <laughs> uh, and then on Twitter, we have Geek Freaks Podcast at Geek Freaks Pod. He says, I respect the effort of the many gaming companies during these times, but nothing beats E3. Can't wait for next year. I want to know what was going on in that sphere of influence. I know. that's. The, <laughs> I have so much FOMO right now. I mean, I've said I've said that joke already, but I mean, it's seriously like I just I really wanted to know what the fuck their plan was for this year. I I wanted to see it. I wanted to see that. That was the real FOMO. They knew this was they planted. They planted the coronavirus. This is their fault. They did this to create FOMO. (laughs) They knew that if nobody got to see the sphere of influence, everybody would want to see the sphere of influence next year. Right? I wanted to see all the <laughs> fucking streamers trapped in one spot. There's nothing better than having a lot of uh, egomaniacs or megalomaniacs all in one spot. Yeah. Well, that's VidCon. <laughs> <laughs> it's like getting a lot of Tom Greens and putting them all in just oh one God. area. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. Or, uh, or what's what's the Eric Andre getting a bunch of Eric Andres? You get a bunch of Eric Andres and Tom Greens in the same room. That's gonna be a party. Just fucking shit. <laughs> and then we got a couple responses on Facebook as well. Um, Deck says because I I I mentioned being lost and confused, and everybody in their dog has some sort of stream (laughs) revealing new shit i just want e3 back (laughs) and they're saying i'm kind of in the same boat as you although i never avidly watched e3 but it was nice to have game reveals and first look centralized now i have no clue what's going on when or by who everyone's splitting and doing their own thing instead of coming together at e3 just creates bigger rifts in the community especially looking at you sony Why Sony? Uh, they started this. <laughs> <laughs> it's all their fault. <laughs> uh, uh, Ward says, no E3 this year has honestly been a big bummer for me. My friends and I would all gather to watch the E3 stre- streams and let dumb hype wash over us and laugh at the painful moments in the press conferences. I really do hope it comes back next year. And then Bryant says... It's weird because I'm actually very glad E3 is canceled and all the presentations are spread out across the entire summer. No one taking the spotlight from anyone. No one trying to outdo each other. It's refreshing. My coworker and I were talking about this yesterday and how glad we we are that it's not happening this year. So I can see both sides of this. Like we're like what you said, where the the Gorilla Collective wouldn't really they wouldn't have been a thing without like a post E3 not being here world. Like, and especially not to the scale that they were. Yeah. Like they, they had, I mean, a lot of like, I mean, it is mostly indie games, but there were some large scale games there. Like, yeah. I mean, but Paradox that's a lot of stuff that wouldn't have, that's, there's a lot of games that wouldn't have gotten the light, light of day. Like with, with an E3. Yeah. So it's nice to see a lot of smaller stuff. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. It's It feels weird. I mean, for me, the the biggest loss for me is not having Giant Bomb E3 coverage. That's probably my biggest gripe is my favorite episodes of the year for Giant Bomb are the E3 ones, especially like the, for two, like two of the main one reasons is one, they always get Phil Spencer on and they like speak directly to Phil Spencer and 
that's usually a really good interview. Um, obviously, Jeff Grisman's been around forever. <laughs> We're gonna get he's, a lot of Phil in July, though. It, yeah, but uh, he's never missed an E3, and now there isn't an E3 this year. So that's, does that mean he missed an E3? Yeah, it broke. He combo broke. Yeah. So, but I mean, with him being in the industry as long as he is, I, he has a lot of insight. So it's nice when he's able to get Phil Spencer one-on-one and just ask him questions, even if Phil Spencer can't really answer them. <laughs> um, it's those, that's always a great interview. Then the other thing is the last day of their coverage where they're all just fucking shit faced <laughs> trashed. Yeah. That's like the best. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Those are good, but, we don't get that this year, so I'm kind of bummed out about that. I mean, so that's, I don't know, my my biggest gripe, really. All right, well, I think that's about it. I think we... That's all the comments? Yep, that's all we got. Like I said, it was really light. My computer tells me I can record uh, 1,780 hours in 12 minutes. <laughs> wow. We're going to be here for a while. Um... <laughs> <laughs> It's a lot of time. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up here. Um, so, as usual, if you like the show, please give us a five-star review on Podchaser and I Apple and coming soon to IMDb. And uh, share the show with your friends. Follow us on Facebook, on Facebook. Follow us on the social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can uh, also go to our website, lga.gg. You can join our Discord and soon to be gilded at chat.lga.gg. And, uh, oh yeah, if you want to email us and ask us questions, just uh, send those into social at lga.gg. We will answer your questions on the show. Or you can ask a question to be a question of the week. Just let us know in the email and I can add it to the list of questions for the question of the week. And uh, I think that's going to do it for this week. So we will see you in the next episode. Peace. Peace.